Today we're going to talk about the phlegmatic temperament and the phlegmatic's path to holiness. So, so far we covered choleric, the melancholic, the sanguine, and today finally the phlegmatic. I think that on Thursdays I'm going to talk about temperaments. So it'll be temperament Thursdays. What do you guys think? We'll see how it goes, right? Okay. All right. So the phlegmatic is that person that you'd describe as a very sweet person, a very nice person. The phlegmatic has very little interest in anything that's going on. The phlegmatic does not want to work, prefers to just have a leisurely day. Everything happens slowly. It's very hard to motivate a phlegmatic. The phlegmatic, when he or she does work, she perseveres as long as the work doesn't require a lot of thinking. So for example, if you have a phlegmatic as a staff member, let's say you have a business and you hired a phlegmatic, a phlegmatic can handle those jobs that others might find monotonous and he or she will just persevere and do it day by day and not get bored as long as there's no rush, there's no pressure, and there's no complex thinking. The phlegmatic doesn't get offended very easily. The phlegmatic is very composed and usually doesn't express a lot of emotion. Very sober and very practical. The phlegmatic doesn't have intense passions and doesn't demand a lot out of life. Sounds perfect, right? Those of you who have phlegmatic children, you probably adore them to death because they don't give you a lot of problems. But the phlegmatic has his or her own path to holiness. And when we come back, we'll discuss that. Welcome to Lifesmithing. My name is Cynthia Burley. So remember we're using Reverend Conrad Hawk's The Four Temperaments. And when I read that little section on the phlegmatic, it was actually kind of funny because it's a very short section. Whereas the other sections have uh, the methods of training for whatever the temperament is, there was nothing like that in this section. And that's because the phlegmatic... It's just so easygoing, and I guess there isn't a lot to say about the phlegmatic. However, there is a method for self-training. There is a path to holiness for the phlegmatic based on his or her inclinations. Now, there is a section of the book called The Dark Side of the Phlegmatic Temperament. And the first thing is, he is very much inclined to ease to eating and drinking, is lazy and neglects his duties. Phlegmatics a lot of times are overweight because they like to eat and to lie down and not do much. They're not very active. So we can say that a path to holiness for the phlegmatic is to seriously fight sloth and gluttony and to focus on the duties of his state in life. Because remember, it is sinful if you have duties 
for your state in life and you neglect them. So if you're a stay-at-home mom and you don't do what you're supposed to do, you don't have dinner ready, you don't keep your kids clean, you know, you don't keep the house clean because you're lazy, because you're, even if you're spending all day listening to homilies, you're still neglecting your state in life. So your path to holiness is to be very attentive to your state in life. You don't have a lot to fight in terms of humility and pride and being argumentative because you're pretty easygoing. However, this shows you that even those people that may appear to be perfect has certain things that they need to work on. So if you're phlegmatic, never say to yourself, oh, you know, I don't think I have any sins. I've noticed that some phlegmatics, they just can't even think of a sin when it comes to confession. You know, they don't, you know, they say, I want to go to confession. I don't know what to confess. And the reason is they don't have a lot of strong passions. So because of that, they just don't get what they're doing wrong. But if you're a phlegmatic, this is one thing that you can pay attention to. Do not neglect your duties. Also, the second thing is the phlegmatic has no ambition and does not aspire to lofty things, not even in his piety. This is a quote directly from the book. What did Jesus say about those who are lukewarm? It says that he said that he would spit them out, correct? We are all called to be saints. We're not supposed to be comfortable where we are. We're not just supposed to be comfortable in a routine. Get up, go to mass, pray the rosary, come back home. We're supposed to aspire to union with God. We're supposed to want to get closer to God. We're supposed to work on our virtues and developing our virtues. We can always be better. So another path to holiness for the phlegmatic is to not get comfortable and aspire to sainthood, aspire to have greater virtue. Whatever wonderful personality trait you have, aspire to make it better. If you tend to be charitable, look for other ways to be charitable. If you tend to be nice because you don't, you just want to get along, Look for ways to genuinely love people. So that's all I have for the phlegmatic. You know, the phlegmatic is just a very nice person. (laughs) And a lot of us, it would be good if we could develop and cultivate that aspect of our temperaments. So this is the end of the four temperaments. And I'd like your feedback. Let me know what you thought about the series. Let me know if... You got any insight into your own temperament? Remember, I will link in the show notes to a test that you can take to find out what your temperament is. And the other thing I want to talk about is briefly is that most people are a mix of two temperaments. And so I think what I'm going to do now is just give you an idea and we'll cover this in the future in other temperament series maybe on Temperament Thursdays, there is a mix of two. There's usually a primary and a secondary. So I'm going to give you an idea. According to the book, there's a section that says mixed temperaments. And it gives you an idea of how they 
interact and play off each other. So the first one is a choleric sanguine. It says in the choleric sanguine, the excitement is quick and the reaction also, but the impression is not so lasting as with the pure choleric temperament. Now remember the choleric holds grudges. The choleric, the impression lasts for a while. However, the sanguine forgets things very easily. So you have a mix in the choleric sanguine. Also, the pride of the choleric is mixed with vanity. The anger and obstinacy are not so strong. Choleric often has a problem with anger and the sanguine can get angry, but it disappears in a minute. So it's a very good combination. Choleric sanguine is pretty good. Uh, you have a very friendly person and you'll, you have a very driven person. And then you have the sanguine choleric. So that's the other way. The choleric sanguine would mean that the choleric is primary. In the sanguine choleric, this is very similar to the choleric sanguine temperament, only the sanguine characteristics prevail and the choleric ones recede to the background. Excitement and reaction are quick and the impression does not fade so quickly as with the pure sanguine, even though it does not penetrate so far as with the pure choleric. The sanguine fickleness, superficiality, extroversion, and garrulity are mitigated by the seriousness and stability of the choleric. So you see how the, how the two primary and the secondary, how they work together, right? The secondary can suppress some of the primary's characteristics. And then we have here the choleric melancholic and the melancholic choleric. It says two serious passionate temperaments are mixed. The pride, obstinacy, and anger of the choleric with the morose, unsocial, reserved temper of the melancholic. Persons who have such a mixture of temperaments must cultivate a great deal of self-control in order to acquire interior peace and not to become a burden to those with whom they work and live. That's a choleric melancholic. The melancholic sanguine, the impressions are feeble because the melancholic has feeble impressions. The reaction is weak and it does not last as long as with the pure melancholic. The sanguine gives to the melancholic something flexible, friendly, cheerful. The melancholic persons with a sanguine alloy are those cordial, soft-hearted people who cannot bear to hurt anyone, are quickly touched, but unfortunately also fail where energy and strength are needed. Sanguine persons with a melancholic mixture are similar. And then we have the last one, the melancholic phlegmatic. People of this type succeed better in community life than the pure melancholic. They lack more or less the morose, gloomy, brooding propensity of the melancholic and are happily aided by the quiet apathy of the phlegmatic. Such people do not easily take offense. They can readily bear injuries and are contented and steady laborers. And that's the end of our series. And I wish you all a wonderful, blessed day. St. Ignatius of Loyola says, He who goes about to reform the world must begin with himself, or he loses his labor. Until we decide to reform ourselves, we cannot hope to have any influence on our families, our culture, our politics, our world.